Leviticus 23 speaks about God's moedim. Moedim is a word in Hebrew which means the appointed place or the appointed time or a meeting to set up an appointment. And that's what these times are that are coming up. They are appointments that God has set up with us from, I believe, from the beginning of time. But if you don't accept that, at least from Leviticus 23, thousands of years ago, God set up these appointments. And they are special. They all deal with Yeshua. They reflect what has happened and what is about to happen. The spring appointed times have all been fulfilled in Yeshua. The fall appointed times are yet to be fulfilled. So we're going to look at Leviticus 23. We're just going to look at an overview of the spring feasts. So the first one, actually, in Leviticus 23 is not a spring feast. It's Shabbat. It's the Sabbath. And it says in Leviticus 23:1, Then Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Bnei Yisrael and tell them, These are the appointed Moedim of Adonai, which you are to proclaim to be holy convocations, my Moedim. Work may be done for six days, but the seventh day is a Shabbat of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You're to do no work. It is a Shabbat to Adonai in all your dwellings. And so right from the beginning, I believe that God is not necessarily setting these up just for Israel and for the Jewish people, but I believe for all who call upon his name, all who believe. And then we go to... Uh, the verses on Pesach, Passover, verses 4 through 6, which begins the spring feasts. And, and we just already said that this is the new year. This is the first of Nisan. And, uh, but Passover begins on uh, Friday evening, April 19th. And uh, these are the appointed feasts of Adonai, holy convocations, which you're, you are to proclaim in their appointed season. During the first month of the 14th day of the month, and by the way, there you see it again, that it's the first month, uh, is Adonai's Passover. On the 15th day of the same month is the feast of matzah to Adonai. For seven days you are to eat matzah. Actually, I started today just because I like it. <laughs> Most Jews have put the, uh, these two appointed times together and they call it Passover. But they're actually two separate. If you look at the scripture, they're, they're two separate ones, but that's fine. It, call it Passover. It's good. Passover is a reminder of God's deliverance from slavery. It's salvation, it's redemption from Egypt. And Egypt oftentimes in scripture symbolizes sin. So we have been saved from sin. 
And we are going to the promised land representing God's will. What is God's will for you? The Feast of Unleavened Bread in Leviticus 23, 6, it's bread without yeast. It will not rise or get puffed up. So it symbolizes no sin. Uh, if you turn that around, it means that if we get puffed up, we're getting puffed up with pride and with sin, right? Yeshua is that unleavened bread, the bread of life who had no sin, cleanses us from all our sin because he's the Lamb of God. He's the final sacrifice. We see that in Yohanan 1, verse 29, John. The next day, John sees Yeshua coming to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So the Passover Seder that we have, this, this time of food and, and an order of service, is when we come together as a family and friends to revisit the story of Exodus and what has God done. The most prominent of the Seders historically is the one that Yeshua held. In Exodus 12.21, we see that then Moses called for all the elders and said to them, go select lambs for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. So in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, get rid of the old chametz, the, the old leaven, so that you may be a new batch, just as you are unleavened for Messiah, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. We're going to talk a lot more about Passover in the coming weeks. But just as an overview, uh, Passover. Actually, Passover is probably the most popular of the Leviticus holy days in the church. There are a lot of Passover seders going on in the church. We're doing many Passover seders in the church. Actually, Rabbi Ron is. I think he's doing like 15 of them or something. Um, but uh, it's great. So then we continue with Leviticus, and we see Leviticus 23.9. Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Yisrael, and tell them when you have come into the land, which I give to you, and reap its harvest, then you are to bring the Omer of the first fruits to your harvest to the Kohen. Now, I believe... And there's a lot of discussion about this. There's some disagreement about this because there are really two holidays or holy days that are called first fruits. Uh, one is this one, which I would call Yom Habikurim, the day of the first fruits. And the other is Shavuot, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And I believe that this holiday, holy day, is supposed to be a reminder of God's resurrection power. We see in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, now Messiah has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For uh, since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also has come through a man. For as Adam in all die, so also a Messiah will be made alive. But each in its own order, Messiah, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Messiah. And so people ask me, in fact, I've had at least in the past week, at least one or two people ask me, do you celebrate Easter? 
And I said, that's really the wrong question to ask. The question should be, do I celebrate the resurrection of Yeshua, the Messiah? And the answer is, absolutely. I celebrate it at Yom HaBikurim. So it's connected to Passover, to the Passover weekend. And again, later on when we get more into that, probably next week, we'll be looking at how that fits in the timeline and so on. But after that, we have an interesting uh, scripture in Leviticus 23.15. It says, then you are to count from the morrow after the Shabbat, from the day that you brought the Omer of the wave offering, uh, seven complete Shabbatot, or Sabbaths, until the morrow after the seventh Shabbat, you are to count 50 days and then present a new grain offering to Adonai. So there's a counting for 50 days. That will start Saturday evening or Sunday, depending on how you look at it, the 20th or the 21st. And each day we count is a reminder of the link between Passover, uh, which commemorates the Exodus and deliverance, and Shavuot, which commemorates uh, the giving of the Torah and the giving of the Spirit of God. And it's, Shavuot means weeks, so it's the Feast of Weeks, but many of you might know it as Pentecost. And so the same day that Jewish people around the world are uh, celebrating the giving of the Torah, the Christian world is celebrating the God's Ruach, or his spirit falling in the book of Acts, in Acts 2. So let me repeat, on, on Shavuot, we receive the law and the spirit. And I believe it reminds us that the redemption from slavery was not complete until we received God's word, the Torah, God's instructive word. But it also reminds us that without God's spirit, we do not have the ability to understand God's word or keep it. We don't have the strength to keep it. Now, a further reminder, I believe, of this 50-day period, and by the way, if you're wondering how do you count the Omer, you're in luck. Just so happened to have hot off the press this year's Counting of the Omer devotional booklet. It is available there in the foyer. And if you are listening on Facebook, it's available to you too. Just call our office and send us $3 so we can pay for the shipping and everything. And, and we'll send this out to you. So it's a 50-day devotional along with counting the Omer. And I believe in this time we are to wait upon the Lord, know that God is using this time for our growth. God took us from bondage to freedom, and this is his will today that we take that journey from bondage of sin to the freedom in receiving his atonement so we can enter into the promised land. So after the 50 days, 
and we will have a service on Sunday, the June 9th, I think it is, is the Shavuot, or Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost. In Leviticus 23.16, it says, Until the morrow after the seventh Shabbat, you are to count 50 days and then present a new grain offering to Adonai. Leviticus 23.21 says, You are to make a proclamation on the same day that there is to be a holy convocation, which is why we have services on Sunday, June 9th, and you shall do no regular work. This is a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. What does that mean? It means everywhere for all time. It's pretty easy to interpret. So, it's a reminder that God gave us the law. It's a reminder that he gave us the spirit of God. So the question would be for some people is, should everybody celebrate this? Who should celebrate this? And how many have you heard, especially since coming here, oh, are you under the law? Because you're celebrating the holy days in Leviticus. Now, it depends who you're talking to is how you'd like to respond. You know, if uh, you have a good relationship with the person and you smile, you might say, well, at least I am celebrating a holy day that's in the Bible. But that is probably not what you should say to most people. For most people, you should say, Colossians 2.16 says, Therefore, do not let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink or in respect to a festival or new moon like Rosh Chodesh or Shabbat. So I'm kind of thinking that you shouldn't pass judgment on me because I'm doing this. Because that's what scripture says. And if I want to be really irritating, I'll say that's what your scripture says. But it's our scripture. Just kidding. Just kidding. And then in verse 17, it says, these are a foreshadowing of things to come. But the reality is Messiah. And isn't that the truth? It, uh, our holy days are a foreshadowing of Yeshua. But Yeshua, the Messiah, is the reality of each of these holy days. And we're going to get into this as we look at specifically each of these holy days. In the next few weeks, we'll be looking at that and see the truth of that statement. So, I personally believe you can celebrate the Leviticus 23 holy days. You don't have to celebrate the Leviticus 23 holy days, but why not? Yeshua celebrated them. Paul celebrated them. And we're told in scripture to keep it forever. And unless forever doesn't apply to you, eh, I'm, I'm thinking we should keep them. I understand it's not a tradition for the church. But I do also know that God is asking us to look into our heart 
and see what God is speaking to us. There are times we have to break tradition. I know I had to break tradition to accept Yeshua as Messiah. And you just have to know in your heart what God is telling you, and then you do what he tells you. Romans 14.4 says, Who are you to judge another servant before his own master he stands or falls? Yes, he shall stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day over another, while another judges every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And I think this is a key thought. We, you know, if you're going to celebrate, be convinced that you should be celebrating it. If you're not, be convinced that you should not be celebrating it. Okay? So don't ask me whether you should celebrate it or not. The one who observes that day does so to the Lord. The one who eats, eats to the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. And the one who abstains, abstains to the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. So I think God answers the question. When we celebrate these special days, Yeshua should be the center of our celebration because he is the one who has fulfilled the prophetic significance of each of the appointed times. So I'd like to look at one final principle having to do with the feasts, spring feasts, fall feasts, and that's found in Amos 3.7. For the Lord Adonai will do nothing unless he has revealed his counsel to his servants, the prophets. I really believe that God has revealed in Leviticus 23 his entire plan for mankind. And that's why when we say that he's the Lamb of God, we realize that he's taken away the sins for us. And then we realize in Yom Bikurim he's risen and that has brought the power that we receive on Shavuot with the power of his spirit and the power of God's word. And we know that Yeshua is the word made flesh. So we see that he has fulfilled those days, but on Rosh Hashanah, which is really Yom Teruah, the day of the blowing of the shofar, and then Yom Kippur, and uh, Sukkot, those three holy days have not been fulfilled yet. But we do know that there's a time where the shofar will be blown and God will once again give an opportunity, I believe, to the people, one last opportunity to receive him. And then we will tabernacle together. And that is Sukkot. And then those three holy days will be fulfilled. God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his Jewish people. And because he's faithful to his word and his Jewish people, he's also faithful to his Christian people. God is just a, a faithful God to those who are trusting in him. 
So we are to receive the Passover lamb because atonement brings us closer to God. And I'd like to end with that in that sense and, and, and want everybody to understand that if you have never received Yeshua as your Messiah, he is the, the lamb of God who takes away your sins, cleans you. Please do the following. And not to make light of a very serious thing, but I was thinking, gee, do you think I could reach young adults with the initials for this and say it's rad if you do this? <laughs> what does that word mean anyway? any rate, you repent. But actually, see, what it means is, these people on TV, they just don't understand. It means repent before God, acknowledge Yeshua as Lord, and dedicate your life to him. And that would be rad. Oh, radical. Oh, thank you. It's so good to have millennial here. For those of you on Facebook who didn't hear it and you're gray like me, rad is short for radical. There you go. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just pray if there's anybody here who's never made a commitment to you, it, it is radical. It was radical for this Jewish boy to do it. I'm sure it's radical really for all of us to do it. We, we say that you're more important than the things of this world. So, Lord, we're repenting of our desire for the world, and we're acknowledging you as King of kings and Lord of lords and Yeshua as our Messiah. And we are dedicating our life and to making you number one and dedicating our life to just serving you and being Talmudim, to being disciples. So, Lord, we thank you and praise you. And I just pray for anybody who's never said those things before and meant it in your heart. Just know that when you say that and mean it in your heart, God receives you in a way and changes you and washes you clean. And you are a new creation in him. So if you say that tonight, and if, if everybody, anybody here has said that tonight or anybody on Facebook has said that, Call us. Let us know. We want to share what the next steps are in your walk with the Lord. So we thank you. We praise you for this evening. And Lord, so hear our prayer as we close with worship. Father, what a great way to acknowledge the fact that we've looked at your word. We've seen the desire for you to for us to come clean and to be holy before you. And now we close our service with a worship song to show you our heart for you. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm.